Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Welcome, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Well, uh, I had a hockey practice. I was out skating, so that's always fun. Came back and saw the Oilers lose a game in overtime that they probably had no right to be in, just like they've had no right to be in the last four games, Bruce. Mm-hmm. And they've gotten some absolutely stellar goaltending and have managed to get two wins and a loser point out of those four games. Mm-hmm. Crucial point of the season. And I guess goaltending is part of hockey. It's it's fair yeah. and square and legal to to win, a, to be in a game or steal a point that way. And man, Miko Koskinen has just come up absolutely huge in this stretch of games. Um, tonight they lost uh, 3-2 in overtime to the Vegas Golden Knights, and the owners were never really in the game. And I wonder, Bruce, how much of this is to do with the schedule. You know, this is this is like December. I don't know if it's as bad as December, but this is another one of these runs of endless, endless games, endless travel. Team's getting sick. Connor McDavid didn't play. And they're looking like they're totally, you have zero gas in the tank. Since that huge win in Nashville, 8-3, you know, you might think it was the emotion of that game um, carrying over for a couple games, maybe he can't reach that high again. But what's going on, Bruce? What's going on here? I don't know. It looks like the whole team's <laughs> got the flu the way they played tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Man, in a battle, somebody. All right. Let's do our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast. Bruce, what's your. It's tempting to start with the bad things, isn't it? But what's your good thing? Well, you already touched on it, but I mean, there's only, to me, one good thing out of that game. Well, I guess I got a point. Mikko Koskinen has been an absolute monster in that. He faced down 48 shots tonight, 22 of them that we deemed to be grade A scoring chances, which may be the highest total of the entire season. It's one of them. Looking at it up, I mean, the last... Two games last week were 17 each, and we thought those were bad. Well, plus five to that, or minus five, depending on how you're doing your math. And the big guy could use a little tiny bit of help from his teammates, maybe a goal or two at the other end, maybe somebody checking, maybe somebody covering his man, maybe somebody, you know, doing their job in front of the net. I mean, the the breakdowns on the goals were Agree, but the good thing is that uh, the breakdowns on many other plays happened that Koskinen just squelched them by being there and making the big stop. And uh, he made 45 such saves in this game, and uh, he's uh, uh, he's gotten hot at the right time. This could easily, easily be a four-game losing streak right now. And uh, thanks to the big mm-hmm. Finn, who started three of the games and got five points for him almost by himself. Honestly, when he's on his game, he makes it look easy, doesn't he? It's it's uh, it's not like he's pinballing around the net or anything. He's just on his knees and he's just you know this mountain in the net, and um, it's fantastic. It's going to be interesting uh, if they get to the playoffs. When they get to the playoffs, mm-hmm. who's going to start uh, in net for the Oilers? Um, it's going to be a tough choice because Mike Smith has been playing fantastic too, and he. He really adds that dimension of puck moving, which um, has been quite a key to his game all year long. And it, it really, uh, against the right kind of team that likes to dump and chase, like a grinding team, I think um, 
Smith might be the right choice against a more passing team that likes to set up pretty plays. I think Koskinen might be the right choice. So we'll see who gets the call then. First, my good thing was Kyler Yamamoto. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Dynamite line was reunited tonight, and they didn't have a whole lot of their old um, Yamamoto going on. They were not quite what they were previous to this. Um, Dry Settles, it's two games now without a point, is it not, for Leon? And, um, but um, Yamamoto was just flying out there, I thought, working his butt off. And, um, of course, he made the great play to poke the puck out in front of the net for Nugent Hopkins Mm -hmm. to put it in the net. I think think they love, the players love playing with Yamamoto. I think Nugent Hopkins and Dry Settle just love it. And And who wouldn't? Because he's just, he's constantly winning pucks. Like, we, we've heard he's got a wrestling background. He seems to get mm-hmm. leverage in inside like players. That. <clears throat> that would explain a couple in things, tight, In tight, uh, worm his way around, find a way to get in there quickly and get leverage and get the puck and pass it out, win the puck. Um, if he doesn't get hurt, he is going to be a strong NHL player for a decade. Um so let's hope he doesn't get hurt a lot. Be, you know, with his small physique, the way he plays and his size, it's hard to imagine that he won't. And he has been hurt, uh, you know, off and on. But when he's going and when he's good, man, this is one fantastic hockey player. Credit, I guess it was Keith Gretzky who pushed hard to draft Yamamoto. And um, credit to Gretzky for that pick. Uh, what a player. And he had a funny, he, he was the best Oilers skater on the night when the, really there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of skaters who stood out for their excellence. I thought he did. He had six hits in this game, the little guy. Mind you, the hit counter went kind of crazy. He had a 46-37 on the night. I guess it was a, a rugged game, but that uh, you don't see too many games with over 80 hits in them. Uh, Ryan well, Matt- Reeves had nine, and Matt Benning got hit a whole bunch of times, I guess. <laughs> he got hit about 30 times. They really seem yeah. to be targeting Matt Benning, don't yeah. they, Bruce? It seems like a... Like, honestly, yeah. it seems like a strategy, and and he just gets battered now, and it's oh, it's hard to it's hard to watch, like, honestly. I'm, I'm starting to find, um, in the first period, there was all kinds of shots of him getting absolutely obliterated with checks and going to the bench in just tremendous pain. And, um, yeah, like, I hope, <laughs> hope he's going to be able to work through this in the NHL because he is an NHL hockey player, and he's a decent one. But this isn't good, like the, the amount of punishment that he's taking. I don't know how long any one player can take that. Maybe he's got to learn the Sherwood sandwich technique or something. That's what I was thinking all game long. Like, Matt Benning, get your stick up. Like, mm-hmm. stick it in. Like, take a penalty, cross-check someone in the face the next time someone comes in to hit you. Start to get really nasty about it because... And he's not like he's a shrinking violet on the ice. He is a very... Oh. What is a shrinking violet anyway, Bruce? Do you know what that... That's... I know I mean, what it the means. Term. Yeah, but well, I wonder what I, it means. Is it a I flower? I think it's just a, a it's a flower? it's a flower. A violet is a flower, and a <laughs> shrinking violet is one that's kind of wilting and going away. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, I think we can now safely move on to our bad things, and I'm going to uh-huh. save my bad thing for second because yeah, we okay. all know what's coming here. You know it, and I know it, and all the people listening to this podcast. One of us is going to go off on this, and everyone knows what it's going to be. But, and probably we both will, but what's your bad thing to start? Uh, well, you also touched on this, but it's still kind of foremost in my mind. 
The Oilers, since they scored five goals in the third period and stomped Nashville last Monday, one week ago, they have played four games and they've stunk in every game. Uh, <laughs> it's just not good enough. I mean, get your shit together, Oilers. This is just not good enough. I mean, three games this week that Mikko Koskinen has started and he's faced 42, no, sorry, 43, 46, and 48 shots. 135 shots and three starts. That's 45 a game, 15 a period, every period. Come on, help the guy out a little bit. And, and they've just been getting blown out. And the other game that they played, they lost in Chicago. And in that game, they woke up in the third period, but they stunk uh, Chicago uh, barring out for the first two periods of that game. And there hasn't been a game of the four where they played more than 20 minutes of decent hockey. And it's just not acceptable. I mean, this is a drive for the playoffs. Show some effort. Show some energy. Show some some cohesiveness. Show, you know, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, they're just getting dominated. They can't get the puck over their own friggin' blue line. And, and it's shift after shift. They get swarmed down in their own end of the ice, and they just don't seem to be able to cope with it uh, and make a pass to a forward who can then make a damn play to get the puck over his line. And, I mean, it's just painful to watch. I mean, let's have a little yeah. flow. Where is I'm a it? little more forgiving, Bruce. I do think it is related to the schedule that they've had. Oh. And <clears throat> it has been a – I don't have the numbers in front of me. Let me do you – I hate the schedule, and I, I have a beef with how the schedule <clears throat> got constructed this year with all the extra off days given right around the time they had the week break. Like, that was very poorly done. And the Oilers, it's high time they actually had somebody who interacted with the league and said, stop screwing us with the schedule because it's four yeah, or five think- years in a row I've hated the schedule – for some obvious in, built-in flaw to it. Who's their and, governor? That's Bob Nicholson's job. Like, wake up, Bob. Well, like, yeah, yeah. Wake somebody's up, Bob. Job. Get on somebody's the job, job. Get doing it. Yeah, because they're saying, well, Ken Holland's got, I, I was hearing, listening to Bob Stoffer on orders now, like, Ken Holland's going to get on this, and he's he doesn't like this, and he doesn't like that. Well, where was Bob Nicholson last year? Mm-hmm. This is the problem of having an NHL neophyte running your entire hockey operations organization. It doesn't really... You know, he doesn't have the experience and um, this well, is, ha- is manifesting their- in this in this really crappy schedule, which was unforgivable schedule this year. And, and someone should have raised holy hell um, and made sure this didn't happen. So maybe Shirelli, they fired Shirelli. Maybe he was the guy taking care of that and they didn't have anyone on the they ball. They fired him in January and the schedule came out in July or whatever. I mean... It's pretty hard to put that one on this year on Shirelli. It's least. not on him. No. No. So no, in the last no. um in the last week, Bruce, they've played this is oh, five games, right? Like so Counting Nashville. Yeah. And like I say, since the Nashville game, they haven't had one decent effort. Yeah. Okay. Five um, points. I mean you take the points and run. You run to the bank or you run for the border the way they thefted those points. The astonishing thing is, Bruce, they could have won in overtime. I mean, Ethan, how did Ethan Bear miss? That was such a great chance. And you know the other great thing about that that Ethan Bear chance, Bruce, is that Leon Dreisaitl had been on the ice a minute already, and mm-hmm. Nugent Bear rushed in there. That was the It was just such a great opportunity for Leon Dreisaitl to get off the ice. He'd been out there a minute. He was tired. Time to get off the ice, Leon, and, and he didn't. And he I'm was out there, Bruce. I'm guessing this is your bad thing where building yeah. towards <laughs> it's leon dreisaitl's selfish play selfish play which is costing his team points 
he's he is he has got to stop doing this. It's not appropriate. It's not right for a player to do what he's doing in overtime. He is playing selfish, 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 selfish hockey right now in overtime. And it's costing the orders again and again and again and again because he's taking two shifts that are too long. He had a perfect opportunity with a minute left, with a minute gone in overtime to get off the ice. Nuge and, and Bear are streaking down the ice on a two-on-one. Get off the ice, man. But he doesn't. He stays out there. He's too tired to make a play for the rest of the time he's out there. He's gasping and trying to catch his wind. He finally gets the puck and he almost loses it because he can't puck protect it. Um, and then, then you know, he Bear gets it in the corner and turns it over. Drysaddle's streaking up the ice. Maybe he was trying to get off then. I don't know. But he didn't even get off the ice then and they scored. Yeah. He was on the ice for, what was it, two minutes and 11 seconds. Two minutes and 11 seconds shift. I don't know how many line changes, how many players Vegas had on the ice in that time. 15? Like, they <laughs> they, 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 they were able to shift the whole team through by the time Leon Drysaddle by the time they scored, because of Leon Dreisaitl. And it was his man in the high slot. They passed it back mm-hmm. to Leon's man in the high slot who scored. Now, Leon Dreisaitl, we have, I've been def- saying all year long, he's the league MVP. We've been praising him you know, all year long. He's having a fantastic year. He is a fantastic hockey player. But he, he has a problem here in overtime. And his There's, coach does too. Dave Tippett does too. Because yep. Dave Tippett is He's got to take this. charge of this thing. All right, so I'll let you... He's got to take charge of this thing, Dave Tippett. He sounded pissed in the post game, and maybe it's time that he had that little meeting. Because this is, by my count, the fifth, maybe the sixth overtime loss. The Oilers have lost in overtime where uh, they've had uh, players, and I think uh, Leon is the primary culprit, uh, caught out for shifts longer than a minute that they get scored on at the end of it. And... It just it just won't do, David. I mean, uh, sure he's the best guy, and when he when he changes out, the guy that comes out is not going to be as good as him. But he's sure in the hell going to be a lot fresher. And I mean, to me, it's it's not. Uh, uh, you know, if I was his teammate, I'd be pretty choked. I got to tell you, and I bet you that a few of them are. You know, especially the teammates that's waiting for that next shift that's freaking locked on the bench because the guy doesn't come off. I mean two minutes plus, and then he floats around in the center zone while the D-man from the other team drives into the middle of the slot and hammers a one-timer to win the game. You know, that's, uh, it's, uh, it's not good. It's just not I good s- enough. I swear I could have he- heard about with a, like a minute 30 in overtime, someone yelling, yell from the bench angrily, Leon! Mm-hmm. And, and I thought I heard that, but maybe I did. Maybe oh. I was, maybe By I was then the puck was in Edmonton's end for many, many seconds. Leon, I, I thought he was going to pass it back to Kostin <coughs> for a face-off, and I wish he would have, but instead he gave it to Bear, and Bear looked like he had the puck, but he had two guys on him because he didn't have any support. So, bam. He's greedy to score. Like, I get it. Like, he's greedy to score. Oh, like, well. God love the man. Like, he lo- loves to score, mm-hmm. loves to get that puck and go, loves right. to win the game, wants to do it. This is what all offensive players want, so I understand his motivation coming from the best place for a hockey player like he wants that puck on his stick so he can win the game for the Oilers but he's wanting it a little he's wanting it to the you know you know what's making him great is also you know tearing him down right now because this has cost the Oilers you know let's say they get points out of half those games um Mm -hmm. 
It's cost them a, a handful of points. They could be ahead of Vegas right now. Bruce, Tippett shouldn't have started him in overtime. By, well, by I'm now, guessing next game he won't. <clears throat> and I'm guessing next game he might hold him back for a couple of shifts. And, you know, I don't blame him. Like, he's got to do something because uh, it's, you know, it's not just a matter of, well, he's doing it and he's getting away with it. He's not getting away with it. They're getting burned for goals against time and again in the three-on-three because they're tighter than the other teams. It's not acceptable. It's not disciplined. It's not team-oriented. It's not... uh, It's just not good. He had one opportunity to get off uh, 60 seconds in, and then there was another one about 30 seconds later where the puck came out to center ice, and if he had shaded over on his forecheck... And then just hustled off. Someone else could have come on. Like there was yeah. two chances, at least. But the the obvious one was a minute in after a minute shift. Anyway, like yeah. Well, you got to have the puck, and <clears throat> I always had the puck for about fifteen of the of the hundred and thirty three seconds or whatever. And uh, you know, that's just and the, the overtime. I mean, the change. It's a long change with a with a you know with only three players. It is a brutal change if you don't have the puck, mm-hmm. but. That's why when you do get the chance, you got to take it. Well, that's it. When your team gets possession, you've got to think, okay, like mm-hmm. game management here. <sighs> All right. Well, we've, I'm sure we've beat that to death, but uh, yep. I'm, I'm surprised we still have to. Like after the last yeah, rant really. both of us had, like mm-hmm. I thought, you know, we were, I, we were calling. <laughs> anyway, Tippett doesn't listen to our podcast, but it, he's, he's, ultimately responsible yeah he's got to take charge of this thing yeah so jack nicholson said in the uh, mars attacks it's time to take charge of this thing (laughs) (laughs) and i mean i guess that he's playing with a headstrong player but you know leon had 26 guests over from germany who's watched him play Mm -hmm. a pretty brutal game tonight yeah so my number, let's go to my number. And What's your sorry, number? Sorry, Leon. My number is zero. Uh, that's the number of shots on net for Leon. It's the number of scoring chances he chipped in, although to his uh, credit, he did set up a couple where the guy he passed to missed the net. So obviously okay. that doesn't help. But zero right. scoring chances for for against. Also, zero, zero power plays for the Oilers. So the Oilers have got the league-leading power play, and it's like the NHL refs are going, well, we got the solution for that. No more power plays for you. They've had two in three games total. I'm getting a little tired of the refs. and zero in three games. Like, how about a freaking penalty call once in a while? Like when the guy spears Koskinen when he's covering a puck, maybe call it? (laughs) Jesus. Freaking shitty refing. (laughs) <laughs> Sick of it. All right. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and when Koskinen gets mad, and you have uh, who was it who went after him? Uh, was one of the more mild-mannered Oilers that started started going after the Vegas guy that gave Koskinen the stick after he had the, firmly had the puck. I mean, I've seen that get called at the other end. Call that. Yeah. Nope. Okay, um, my number is 72 and 32. Mm-hmm. And it's related to these shots on net. So this is grade A chances for and against in the last four oh. games. 72 grade A chances against Bruce. Yeah. 32 for 
32 4. 8 to so 18 average. 18 to, like that is incredible. They're getting stomped game after they are getting stomped and it's i mean it's 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 papered over because of this absolutely great run of games i don't know if Miko miko koskin is going to get a player of the week or anything like that or but it's papered over because of his play but man i don't know if we should be worried or not bruce i'm not i'm, I'm personally worried. are you worried yeah, absolutely i think the team has lost the plot i'm not worried it's like December just, again, but it's March, and there's you know. I think they're tired. McDavid, McDavid mm-hmm. was playing sick. Yep. In two of those games, I yep. think he got like that's why he was getting no no scoring chances. There's yep. a reason, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I still think they have a solid team here. They got they got six or seven good decent defensemen. I think five of them are really good. I I would keep playing Caleb Jones personally. Um, cause I think the team's much better with him in a lineup, um, and said either Russell or Benning, one of the, one of those guys, I wouldn't be sitting Jones. It would be Russell or Benning would be the one. Um, I think they got decent forward lines. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm still, I, I <clears throat> they got to keep the dynamite line together. When something is going as good as that, you do not break it up. And I don't, I, again, uh, Louis, Louis DeBrusque was praising, uh, Tippett for the uh, saying it was broke, even though no one else could see it was broke, kind of quote whatever that quote was. But I don't buy that for a second. You have a line playing like that, you do not break it up. And and you got to find – there's solutions for Connor McDavid's wing on this team that doesn't entail Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto playing with them. And uh, when he's healthy, will that will become clear. Maybe that's why they did it, to help him through or, a tough match. Or just or have – you talk about their forwards. Well, they had five forwards with zero shots on net tonight, and four others with one. <laughs> so not generating a hell of a lot. They missed Joachim Nygaard. <laughs> I'm just well, that's, that's not even that's not a doubt. shot at Joachim Nygaard. They do miss him actually. He's a really good hockey player, I think. And mm-hmm. and they will he, he'll add to the mix. It'll be interesting to see who sits when he comes in the lineup. I thought a uh, plus note, just a quick plus note. I thought Andreas Athanasiu had a few moments this game. Um, he got off some shots, made a few plays. So I'm still not decided if he's Ivan Cornway or Patrick O'Sullivan yet, but uh, I'll tell you in a few months, Bruce. Patrick O'Sullivan on the 2-2 goal. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> there was lots of people who stunk on that goal, Clefbaum and Larson also. And my wife, she was a big Gagne fan. She's gone, we gave up Gagne and two picks <laughs> for this guy. She's saying Gagne's was playing better than what they've what we've seen out of Athanasiu so far. And it's hard to make up hard to make a strong case against that point of view. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna withhold judgment on Oh yeah, it's time. I mean these guys take time and they're there. I mean, Tippett's probably doing the right thing and moving him down the lineup as opposed to force feeding him top six minutes when he's clearly not ready for him. But he needs to be ready for something one of these games. Indeed, he scored Bruce. two points in his first game and it's just all zero since then. Yeah. Well, let's hope that Connor <laughs> McDavid's over his flu quickly and that no one else catches it and they yeah. all evade coronavirus and we all yeah, evade the coronavirus. Flu. And, yes. Flu yeah. is flu. Let's hope it's just that. Yeah, well, they're all young men. They're, they'll be. They should be fine. They're not in the. They're not in the. Uh, yeah. I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop, and and um, no one's allowed to attend Oilers games anymore. I'm still 
I'm still. Well, you know, the word came down in San Jose tonight, apparently in that county that their stadium is in. There's, uh, they've banned public gatherings of over a thousand people for one or two weeks. I don't know what the time is, but apparently three home games for San Jose will be affected where they may have to play in front of empty barns. Well, they may move them elsewhere, um, right? Well, maybe they'll have to do something. Their farm team also plays in San Jose, so it won't be there. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but, uh, that is, uh, that's getting, uh, that's getting dangerously close to, you know, it's not quite Italy yet, but uh, it's uh, it's a scary situation. There's no two ways about it. It's coming. It's coming mm-hmm. to every city, I believe. So we'll see what happens. All right, mm-hmm. let's let's we'll cross that bridge when when we come to it. Yeah, Bruce, thanks yeah. for talking tonight. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Better better game on Wednesday against the Winnipeg Jets. They actually have a practice day tomorrow. A team practice on a not on uh, that's not an optional before a game. It's the first one in about two weeks, and boy, do they need it. And I expect Dave Tippett will be uh, banging his stick on the ice and the boards during tomorrow's practice. That's my bet. Wow, look at who they got. They got Winnipeg coming up. Islanders yeah. Friday. Philadelphia on the road on on a there go Sunday Sunday Monday. and then Monday in Washington. Yeah. Oh man! Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's hope they can get if they can get five points out of those four games. That'll be a that'll be good. All right, Bruce. Thanks for talking. Right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. <laughs>